Hi, thank you for clicking on the Digital Selling Secrets Podcast. You're about to listen to part two of the interview with Dina John. Dina John has had various leadership positions with companies such as McDonald's, Groupon, Accenture, and she got her MBA from the University of Chicago. We had a great conversation around innovation, sales, leadership. So if you're interested in any of these topics, you'll love this interview. So after this one minute intro, we'll dive right back into the interview. But the reality is we're human and when we're on social media and we're only seeing the highlight reel, when something human pops up, something relatable, something vulnerable, that builds trust. Then what I have to do is offer them something that has a high enough perceived value to overcome their desire to not get pitched or spammed or bothered or annoyed. I have to go on a gut level first and foremost, what sells me? How do we take some of the repetitive, quote unquote, bureaucratic tasks out of the hands of the rep and automate those to free up time for them to spend selling? How can we create a place where it's positive, where there's nothing but motivation, education, and inspiration, and how can we do it consistently? Right. But I, I will say that that has really transformed a lot of the interaction. That's interesting because normally you do not think a kiosk as digital. That's just happens to be there and hey, let me try it out. I don't want to wait in line. But I, I still remember being in the Dallas Fort Worth airport. I don't remember which one, but one of those airports. And there was a huge line at McDonald's and the lady lady there was trying to direct people and said, hey, we have two kiosks here that are totally empty. You don't have to wait in line and people are still hesitant to do it. Whereas you see in other locations that, or standalone locations, people are freely going in there and things are moving very, very quickly. In fact, now that you said that, I was just thinking back when I was in Europe, people seem to be a whole lot more uh, savvy, a whole yep. lot savvier towards using a kiosk and embracing the tech, uh, digital the, uh, digital technology to do their day-to-day -day things. Not just at McDonald's, but so many other things I, I happen to notice that. Right. And, and so, and, the, and that's a huge part of, especially in McDonald's as an example, is the demographics. You have a different demographics there in France or say somewhere in Europe that's used to some of that. They don't have a ton of space in some of the places, so they don't have drive-throughs. So people need to go in. So they, the change management happens quicker there. Mm. Here you have older customers, they come in, they want to sit, relax and sit in the restaurant. If they're not, they're in the drive-through. So they don't, you know, they don't have a need to use the kiosk because when they're in the restaurant, they want the experience. So uh, what McDonald's has done as sort of an innovation was to bring these people called guest experience leads to help them along that journey. So this is also semi-change management. Hey, we'll come and help you. We'll help you place the order on the kiosk. So they're using the kiosk indirectly, but they're getting used to that interface. And little by little, if they get used to it, they may start using it themselves. If not, you're, the gel will still help them. Um, but then you have a lot of people coming in, especially the younger ones who are like, nope, I don't want to talk to anyone. I'll do it myself. Right. Um, you're having kids who want to play around with it and use it. So you're bringing that change journey, different, different responses to different customers, but you're bringing them all along that journey. This is so fascinating. Uh, sorry, uh, <laughs> sorry, Gary, but, but no. I, I have to bring this up. We have a Texas institution here in, in the highway system called Bucky's. Uh, it's kind of like Stuckies if you go around the rest of the United States, but it's a highway highway stop called Bucky's. But now that you're saying this, I remember I, when one one day suddenly I walked into a Bucky's and I couldn't order my 
sandwich anymore. That's when I realized I had to go to this kiosk and type it in. And then, hey, presto, it was ready. So that digital transformation is really interesting to hear. So sorry, <laughs> sorry, Gary. It's a mental transformation as well for me. And it's so, um, I think, and in the food industry, at least, or in the fast food industry, I think it's very generational. Like I will, even if I wasn't working, wasn't working there, I will still go straight to the kiosk because for me, it's faster. Like right. I just know what I want. I know what I want to look for. Um, even if it takes me three steps, I've got control over the whole process. I'm not worried about a person forgetting what I asked for. So all of that together makes me want to gravitate towards that. So it just depends. And so bringing in the gel also helps families when they come in where they're like, I'm managing the kids and I can't do it. The gel will help them. They'll bring the food to the table. So you're sort of getting the restaurant experience that's helping with that whole, whole customer experience but they're still now, the kiosk is now part of the journey and no one's asking questions. A quick, quick question, uh, Dina. So you've touched on uh, several different things that caught my attention. And for those that are listening, I think they, they add value to it, to the conversation. Um, so one was when you think of McDonald's, you think of a B2C environment, right? Um, but you mentioned some of the other companies you work with, right? So it's, it's, it's B2C, but it's also B2B because you're interacting with other, I mean, it could be a digital transformation company. It could be an artificial intelligence company. It could be a supplier. So it's still B2B at the same time. It could be B2C as well. But one thing that was music to my ears was the fact that you said identify pain points. And I think so many times, and, and this can be thought of as more of a, hey, it's just a fundamental uh, sales principle, but it's missed so much. People fall. Yeah. And, and when you tell, sometimes when you mention it to sales reps, they're like, hey, I know that already. But at the same time, it's, but when you see some things in action, it's like people still want to lead with their product. They want to lead with their service, not understand the client. But, but one thing that's unique about McDonald's is people don't need McDonald's, right? It's not a need. It's not, I mean, if you really wanted, you could go to the store and make your own hamburgers. It's a want. So you're selling to a desire. You're selling to a want. So from a market research standpoint and a strategy standpoint, innovation standpoint, what is something that McDonald's does to really think about, I mean, there's still some pain there because you have that desire. You have, you have a, a, a desire for something better than where you are presently. But what does McDonald's do to kind of reach for that want instead of that need around innovation strategy? Well, I, I think it's a mix of want and need, uh, just to use your example, and then I'll go more into the general pain points uh, comment. If you are a person who has to be somewhere at a certain amount of time, at a certain time, you are, have kids or other uh, responsibilities and you can't really get to that breakfast in the morning, you are going through a drive-through quickly, you're getting your food and your coffee and you're, go you're gone and you're getting somewhere on time. So I think in the US especially, maybe not so much, maybe some places, it just depends. It is hitting a, a want uh, uh, or a need more than a want because you've, it's one of those things you quickly get through, you've got your food, you're on your day. Uh, same thing with lunch, especially if you're in work that requires you to clock in and clock out at certain times and you can only take so much amount of break, that's where you go. So I think there it's hitting a bit of both. You also have the one where it's a want where someone comes in and wants to sit and, you know, with kids. Yeah, sure. That's a want. Uh, but it also hits a need where it gives the mom a break uh, from the kids. So you, so, you know, as a company, you can probably look at it 
both ways and you can identify the need from the want even. Uh, and it just depends on how, how you do that. And so that's where the research helps. Understanding your customer helps a lot. Uh, understanding what, the, you know, the, even healthy is an example, healthy or not healthy, understanding your customer to understand where will I um, position what. Um, and in general with pain points, not just McDonald's, all of them, if you don't start from that pain point, what are you building? Um, so when I was at Motorola, we, uh, you know, I'm an engineer by my undergrad and um, I worked with engineers a lot and they have such a passion for building the best product out there. You want to put everything, including the kitchen sink into the product. Well, the problem is if that's not solving what the customer has as his or her pain, they're not excited, they're not buying it. So at the end of the day, uh, we were building Razor, which was amazing. Then we built uh, tweaks to that and made crazers and other ones. But as we went along building those, we were continuing to improve on our product and making it a better product that we thought the customer more. But, at, but we, we sort of lost sight of where uh, was the pain point for the customer. A little tweak on the, the form factor to the customer was not going to solve problems with the user interface and how hard it is to get three screens, you know, to get to something else. Right. You know, that's where you were sometimes missing the pain points. Or as an example, when they came out with the smartphones, we honestly had come up with the smartphones, I think almost five to six years before Apple did. And we had, it was a number one seller in China, but we couldn't sell it here because we didn't realize how to address the pain point. Apple did it by saying, I'm giving you a very simple phone that it's easy for you to use. Uh, that you can touch like, you know, so it's about understanding what is going to resonate with that customer. What pain are you solving that they're feeling the most? And so right. each company that I've gone on, it's been different things. It's been trying to solve it differently, but when you get the pain point intentionally or unintentionally, that's when you're going to get the most success. That's, that's so interesting. So it kind of ties back to that buyer's journey in my mind. Anyways, it ties back to the buyer's journey where Yes, there is a need in some cases where there's time involved, but at the same time, through that buyer's journey, when you create that experience, that great experience, it turns that need almost into a want. Like, for example, I, I have two daughters, and if I say we're going to go to McDonald's, it solves all problems. So they, <laughs> if they're upset, if they're whining, if they don't want to do anything, or it's like, hey, well, we'll go get McDonald's. Um, I don't know if I should be advertising that I bribe my kids with, with McDonald's, but <laughs> I guess that, <laughs> it could be a need and a want as well. So, I mean, that is a hot topic in sales right now, like selling on wants versus needs, you know, is it a want, is it a need? But like you said, it's it both, you know, yeah. it's, it's, it's really both. And um, that's why it's a, it's a pain point because it's not, it's not specifically a want or a need. I mean, to your Apple yeah. example, uh, I remember when do, doing a marketing thing, we were, that was given as a case study. If Apple went and said, Hey, um, smartphone, I've got all this. Do you have do you need features? It's the best yeah. phone. It's you know, People it was, like, it no, one, yeah. nothing happened waterproof at that point yeah. in time. Nobody cared. Nobody cared. And, uh, but what they did was, uh, you know, everybody was fine with CDs. Remember CDs? Yes. Everybody was totally fine with that. But Apple came out and said, what if you were able to carry Right. You know, a hundred CDs worth of music into this one little thing. As, and then, as you run, as you as run, you run as exactly. You, that's, 
So, and it is all, almost sometimes a pain point that the customers themselves don't Did know. not know, right. So, right. so that's when it's a delighter, right? You know, these are very typical marketing terms and sales terms, but often the companies that do really well, so I'll give you another example, nothing related to me, but it's a company that I'm pretty interested in looking at, you know, not just from a working perspective, but to see their journey is a company called Cameo. Um, it's a Chicago-based company. It's a startup. What they do is they get celebrities to take to send messages. So you pay the celebrity, and they will put a video message out to whoever you want them to for a certain amount of fee. And it varies based on who the celebrity is, what the pricing they charge, all that. To me, initially, I was like, okay, that sounds like such a want, right? You know, I'm like, oh my god, but. In today's world, when everyone's stuck at home and you want a special birthday message, graduation message, something that feels different and unique, where they, where that celebrity says, "Hey, Jerry, happy birthday to you," right? You know, suddenly you're like, "Oh my God, I'm feeling special even in this cooped-up environment." You know, things like that. Suddenly, that want has turned into a need, almost. You know, so and and it's something that you did you didn't think somebody would want or care about, and that company is skyrocketing right now. So it's, it's what, how you tap into it. And, and we get that all the time. Jerry and I, people reaching out to us, hey, can you give a birthday wish to someone? But, you know, we're, I don't know, maybe, Jerry, maybe you and I should start doing that since we're, uh, we're a Digital yeah. Selling Secrets podcast host. Yeah, why not? Exactly. I think it would be a good idea. People would love to hear a happy birthday from, from, uh, from Gary. From Jerry Murray. <laughs> yeah. So for those of y'all that are listening, if you need a happy birthday, reach out to Jerry. No. <laughs> well, hey, I know we're running short on time here. Um, before we close out, uh, Dina, uh, what's the best way for people to get in touch with you? And any, any, anything else you'd like yeah. to add? Yeah. Uh, no, I think, um, I, so first you can find me on LinkedIn, Dina John is my name. So happy to connect with people. I love building my network and helping in any way and adding value in any way I can. Um, secondly, I think the last point I'd like to make since we've been talking about wants and needs and this whole post COVID, I think the business model is going to change drastically for a lot of companies. And I think they fall to me in my head in three categories and I'm, at some point, I'm going to write uh, an article on it, but um, it's the first are the companies that recognize that this business model is like remote's going to be largely here to stay, and right. they're getting ahead of the curve and they're starting to figure out how am I going to transform how I work? What's my operating model going to look like? How do I bring in the best of both worlds? Um, and they're on it. The second is going to be the group of companies that want to do it, but they don't know. Uh, and so I'm trying to look at find those and see if I can in any form help them. Uh, but they're the ones who want to get on it, but they don't know where to start. Mm. Um, and there's going to be the third set of companies that uh, think that we're going to go back to normal. So these are the two big opportunities that these companies, if you're thinking that way, need to get on that train and figure out what's the best way you can help your company and you can help your customers through this journey. Uh, figure out your change journey internally and externally uh, so that by the time things open up into whatever version it is, you're ahead of the game. Great advice. That's awesome. Thanks, thank Dina. Thank you, Dina. Well, thank you so much for having me. This was a lot of fun. And if we ever yeah. find the other one back, let's, we, we can have the two, two entirely different topics that we've discussed. Most yeah. definitely.
Absolutely. Uh, Jerry, uh, you mind closing us, closing us out? <laughs> most uh, Sure, sure. And uh, once again, uh, most definitely, Dina, we're looking forward to uh, another episode with you. This has been a lot of fun. And thank you all for joining us here on the Digital Selling Secrets podcast. Thank you once again. And we look forward to you next time. Take care. Okay, bye. See you. See you. Bye.